Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be a really, really cool conversation. Uh, I love the idea of being and living intrepid. I built my entire network on this idea, and a lot of the messaging that we push out there to the world is this idea of living intrepid. So today's guests have written a book about intrepid professionals, and so it's going to be fun to dive into this conversation, see what they're thinking, and uh, maybe better understanding this idea of being intrepid. Plus, uh, it's going to be a really, really great book, and I'm looking forward to discussing this with today's guests. Let's say hello to our guest today. We're joined by Brent Carter and Chris Schaefer, the co-authors of a new book called Intrepid Professionals, How Principles from the Military Mindset Build Extraordinary Leaders, Teams, and Businesses. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Now, we're happy to have you. I appreciate both of you making time. Uh, as we record this here episode uh, is uh, when we're going through this this once-in-a-lifetime eclipse. So anything weird happens in this conversation, we'll, we'll attribute it to, <laughs> to the eclipse that's going on as we record this. So before we get into the new book, gentlemen, I want to ask each of you to tell us a bit about you and your background. Chris, we'll lead off with you. Sure. Thanks, Todd. So for your listeners, I am a 25-year retired Army veteran. I entered the Army in 88, and I was a young E-4 when the Gulf War kicked off. Right after that, I decided that I wanted to change career paths, and I went to selection to become a Green Beret. It was 21 days of, of hell to be selected as a Green Beret, and then about a year and a half worth of uh, training after that before you even went to a team. Uh, I spent uh, 13 years as a Green Beret. Most of my time was with 3rd Special Forces Group. I was an 18 Echo, which is just a communications guy on the team. Uh, I spent some time uh, as an 18 Fox, being the intel guy uh, for the organization for my ODA. And then uh, after a while, I decided that I wanted to become a, um, a warrant officer. And the, the big pull was just to be put back on a team. Um, they were going to send me to become a first sergeant. I didn't want any part of that. So I went and uh, signed up to go back to team for six years as a warrant officer. And I really enjoyed my time doing that. I've deployed all over the world. Um, like all Green Berets, we've you know been down to combat several times. Uh, I have nine combat deployments myself, six to Afghanistan alone. And uh, that's not uncommon for our generation. Most of our guys uh, do that and more uh, deployments. And then afterwards, I got out, retired after 25 years. Uh, the family was like, uh, hey, look, uh, when are you going to spend some time with us? <laughs> so I decided that uh, I would go to school and uh, get my master's. And I wound up getting two of them. And uh, that's how I met Brent. We were actually, at, he was my professor for the leadership class. And the reason why I decided that I needed to further my education was just to better understand corporate America. And so began our journey to write Intrepid Professionals. All right. Well, Chris, thank you for uh, your service to our country. Uh, you're grateful beyond, beyond words. So thank you for that. Uh, Brent, uh, tell us a bit about you and your story. 
Thanks, Todd. So the uh, story for me starts um, back when I was getting my undergrad and actually started pursuing the chance to join the uh, United States Air Force. And um, actually had a navigator slot, had plans to go into the military. My brother was actually in the military, had a full career. So that was certainly in my mind on how to uh, build you know, my career. Um, however, you know, some things happened on the medical side, didn't think things didn't work out. And so I took the plan B, uh, plan B was also kind of exciting because I got to study at a lot of some of the, the top universities here in the United States, specifically around the management world, neuroscience and, um, how the brain works, uh, when it comes to our behavior. And so by the time that I made it out to Colorado and had an opportunity to be at the same university as Chris, um, I had gotten my PhD up to that point, had done a lot of academic study, had spent a lot of time in corporate America uh, in different leadership positions, had consulting done on the side, did the academic thing on the side as well. And so when I met Chris at this university, we aligned underneath a, a leadership course of all things. So it was pretty neat to be able to connect with him. And having that kind of bent towards the military really made me clue into some of the special capabilities that um, our military has. And uh, Chris specifically really shined in this class and, and uh, really connected with a lot of his ways of thinking and realized that many of those capabilities and uh, skills that he honed over time have a direct play into the business world. And so it seemed like a perfect fit to how do we align those two worlds? And that's where it all started. Outstanding. Well, Brent, we are grateful for the important work that you have done as well. So, all right. So again, the new book is called Intrepid Professionals, How Principles from the Military Mindset Build Extraordinary Leaders, Teams, and Businesses. Uh, God, Chris, you know, the, the, the cool thing uh, about all the business books out there is there's an increasing volume of work from military professionals and sharing the, the principles and dynamics from military service to, to living life and to succeeding in business. Uh, so there's a growing collection of titles out there on this idea. Why did the world need this one? What was the impetus behind Intrepid Professionals? Why did you guys feel the need to put this work out there? That's a great question, Todd. We, when we started Intrepid Professionals, it, it was really to get to corporate America about the tacit abilities of veterans. Uh, obviously, after three years, we, we've changed a bunch. Um, we learned a lot along the way, and we also really did our homework to try to find out what would make us different from all those other books that are out there by Marines and Navy SEALs and you know captains of Navy and stuff. And you know what we found is that a lot of those books they're really good and they've got a lot of good information, but it's about how to do it the Marine way or how to do it the Navy way. And quite frankly, when I talked to Brent, you know, Brent was like, CEOs don't want to know how to do stuff the Navy way. They're doing it their way. And, you know, it's hard to talk to them uh, about how to do it a different way. So what we found is simply we need to get corporate America to understand that intrepid mindset, uh, which is, really fostered well within all branches of the U.S. military. And that way they have something that they can use, but also at the same time, it really teaches corporate America the, the values beyond just simply what they perceive as what soldiers do. Uh, we show up on time, uh, you know, we do what we're told, and, you know, we're, we're you know, we're very prudent in, in our actions. Um, but that's such on the surface. And, and, you know, I mean, that's easy 
easy for us to say, but we wanted to go a lot deeper. And, and that's where we went uh, with Intrepid Professionals, um, was just to bring that mindset forward. Well, we're going to go deeper in what, what exactly this mindset is, but I guess we can partially answer that question. Brent, I'll ask you this question, uh, but why the word intrepid? Now, you guys know what network you're currently uh, broadcasting on. This is this is intrepid business, and so I, 11 years ago when I started this company, I, I named it Intrepid. I wanted people to be fearless. I wanted them to be confident and go forward boldly. I've learned a lot about the meaning of that word over these 11 years, uh, but but why that direction? Why that word? What, what are you trying to, I mean, I, I would sit there and I would look at Chris's career as a Green Beret and I'd say, yes, uh, he was definitely an intrepid soldier. But how does that apply? I mean, how do, what's the meaning of that in the context of what you're trying to do with this book in terms of helping us be better and more innovative and more creative in the workplace? That's a really good question, Todd. See, I mean, I, I think our approach to this has been, my approach since the beginning has been that intrepid means being able to adapt and align your objectives and solutions to something that is healthy and is effective for the, for the organization that you're in, despite the circumstances, despite the stresses that you have. One thing that um, we like to say and, and kind of get some dialogue going in our workshops and with the seminars that we give and so forth, is I usually ask the question, how many of you have ever experienced stress in your business world? And of course, all the hands go up, right? <laughs> right. And then I say, how many, of you, how many of you have had to adapt to situations that were causing you stress in your business climate, culture, and so forth? Of course, all the hands go up. And then I ask the follow-up question. I say, how many of you were stressed and you had to find adaptability in your situation while you were being shot at, and then the hands start to drop. And then I go, while there was a dust storm going on, further hands, more hands drop. And then I say, at night, during an ambush. And then suddenly all the hands go down, for the most part, except for maybe a couple. And my reason for doing that is to help those of us that have not been exposed to that extreme environment that combat creates, to think about, well, is there a further step that we could take in learning on how to expand our ability to be fearless? And it's not so much just being willing to jump in the face of adversity and blindly go where we probably shouldn't because it's not, we're not making calculated decisions, but how can we extend our skill set beyond where it is today and learn from those individuals that have been tested and tested and tested over generations of time and, and war on how to be effective how to communicate, how to hold team cohesion, how to meet an objective, how to adapt when everything seems to be going sideways and still execute on what you were expected to deliver on. Um, all of those characteristics we can learn in the business world from professionals like Chris and what they and what uh, people like Chris have experienced in order to build up who we are and hopefully beyond become more than just the professionals that we are, but actually move into that intrepid world. But Chris, so a CEO listening to this says, well, wait a minute, I, I'm not being shot at as a CEO. I'm not, I don't have to worry about an ambush at night. So why is this relevant? And the point I wanted to make by asking this question is, but you are in the modern parlance of business, right? I mean, because it's a competitive environment. You have a lot of distractions. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of messaging, a lot of a lot of chaff out there that, that's, that's causing distraction, that that's disruptive. I mean, you, you can't. 
a business plan is is useless almost the minute you would publish it because the world's going to change quickly, <laughs> right? I mean, so you you do have to be able to adapt and 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 have a mindset that allows you to. I mean, it's the classic Eisenhower. You know, the plan, the the planning process is valuable, but the plan itself is ultimately useless because once it gets out in the field, <laughs> everything changes. But that's the whole point, right? I mean, you have to be able to adapt because the environment's going to change quicker than you think. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. And it does. I mean, with the global economy that we have today, even small businesses have to take in considerations that they wouldn't have had to, say, 10 years ago, even. I mean, the Internet has really given us a tool to be able to expand across countries and, and, and hold meetings with, well, just like we're doing now. I mean, you know, and, and teams aren't just local anymore. People work at their houses. They work across the, you know, the ocean. And you know, environments change, cultures uh, demand different types of products, um, you know, and, and ultimately you have to uh, be able to be very agile. Um, and I think the military is the best at it. I mean, look at where we go. Uh, my experience alone, uh, just a real quick story, we got on the ground in Afghanistan right after 9-11, and we had on our team an individual that spoke Arabic. That's what he went to school to do, and he spoke Arabic. He was good at it. James was our combat medic, and he was an incredibly intelligent guy. Still is. And when we got on the ground, you know, we had no idea. We did all our research. We looked at the country, looked at who it was that we, you know, we were going to be up against, what their cultures were, you know, how they organized, what their infrastructure was, what type of stuff that they used for agriculture, things like that. And we thought for sure that we were well adapted to be able to take on the mission and especially with our language capability, be able to make quick decisions. And we got on the ground and I remember the team started looking at James and going, Hey, what are these guys saying? And poor James was like, I, I don't know, Sergeant. I have no clue what they're saying. And it's because the dialogue was different. So mm -hmm. our learning curve went straight up at that point. And, you know, and, and we had to adapt very quickly uh, to a situation where there was no communication. And so that took, you know, some effort on our part. You know, we ultimately obviously succeeded. Every member on that team came back home alive. But, you know, that just is an example of how fast you have to be able to adapt, even though when you think you go into a situation, it might be a negotiation, and you don't know exactly what, you know, you thought was going to happen is totally different. And that's that type of mindset that you've got to be ready. You can't, you can't fall apart at that point. You just have to realize that's what it is, and now you have another issue that you have to overcome. But getting upset about it and going off on a tangent and saying I quit is not an option, you know. And I think that's what helps. That's what we try to foster through intrepid professionals is to ask those tough questions, to pose those tough situations, to say, hey, look, sometimes you just can't change it, and you're just going to have to deal with it. You've got to have emotional intelligence to be able to do that, and I think that's where we have such ability to bring to the corporate world to help them, you know, in the midst of something that they didn't think was going to happen to actually profit from it still. That's where we're at with yep. intrepid professional. Yep. Well, an intrepid professional, as I understand it, ultimately is going to say, that's the environment I want to operate in because it's never going to stop. It's, we're, we're always going to have to worry about the, quote, nighttime ambushes. It's never going to end. And so I need to prepare myself mentally and my team 
to just understand that's the environment we're in. And, and, and ultimately, you're going to see that as a good thing, because if you're ready for that, well, then, then you can really navigate very, very well through this uh, modern business environment. It's good stuff. All right. So, Brent, Chris, and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeetler.com. All right, I am back with Brent Carter and Chris Schaefer, co-authors of a new book called Intrepid Professionals, How Principles from the Military Mindset Build Extraordinary Leaders, Teams, and Businesses. So, all right, so Brent, I'm going to lead off with you. We've, the top half of the show, we talked a lot about this military mindset. Now, if you've been paying close attention to the conversation so far, you've begun to get clues of what that is. But just for someone listening who would like the definition, all right, what do they mean by the military mindset? How do you define that? You know, from from my stake, I mean, I did not actually serve in the military. So I would say that to an extent that um, it's an interpretation of what I understand the military, the mindset to be. Um, essentially, it's through conversations, stories uh, from interviews that we've done with many different uh, individuals in the military. And obviously, leveraging Chris's 25 years as a veteran is important of providing that interpretation you know, to me from a civilian standpoint. But from my standpoint, you know, that intrepid mindset, the military mindset is, is different than we live in a civilian world. And um, until we know what we don't know, it's, it's sometimes challenging to stretch ourselves into that new level of understanding. But from, from my raw principles of belief of, in the military mindset, it's a, it's a way of looking at the world and my part in it as me being a, a, a change agent, an active resource that is capable of understanding the environment that's around me, capable of interpreting around me what is happening, and then third, capable of learning what I don't know. Um, one of the things that I always find interesting you know, when we do our seminars and I talk to my uh, civilian colleagues in business is that I ask them, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have right now? And, you know, number one is typically like communication. We constantly have communication issues. Well, why is that? Is it because, you know, we don't listen well, uh, because we don't integrate what we listen well, we don't, we, we hear, but we don't listen, that sort of thing. And then also issues with uh, ability to uh, understand what needs are within our organization. Um, how do I know what my team needs are? How do I know what my organizational needs are? How do I translate that into what my customer needs are? When we go through the whole talking about project management, you know, in, in the world of project management, there's a big effort to try and understand, you know, what is the needs of my customer so that I can scope a solution and a program and a project that matches the needs. But oftentimes I think from a, just a straight leadership standpoint in that mindset, we don't do those three things. We don't truly 
engage with our environment, we don't understand our environment, and then we don't listen or learn from our environment. And so to me, military mindset does those three things. But the next step after that is that you know, you've established that understanding. Now we've got to make a decision. Now we have to act on our objectives. We also have to understand if our objectives for the future are where they need to be. And so that's also understanding what is our ultimate end state. Chris taught me that word. It was, it was great. You know, we always call it objectives or, or outcomes and things like that. But th what's the desired end state? What does the picture in your mind look like at the end when all of this is over? And are you meeting objectives that are meeting you, you know, creating milestones to helping you get there. So we take that, we incorporate the determination, the focus, the ability to, again, learn new things, and then incorporate those into our own behavior, and then essentially inject those back into our environment and hopefully make change for the people around us and, and the environment that we're in. Chris, anything to add there? I, I mean, I, I mentioned this at the very, very top of the show. There's always books out there that all have a title similar to Leadership Lessons from General X, from General Grant to General <laughs> Sherman to General Eisenhower and Patton and so on and so forth. And if you ask the typical person out there, what do they think when they hear a book that's, you know, leadership lessons from military leaders? I mean, they all have this idea. I hate to almost say cliche, but there's there's been enough of these books where you think, all right, well, I, have, I think I have an idea with that. I get the sense that what you guys are doing here in this mindset is is a bit different. I mean, so anything to add to to uh, Brent's comments on on military mindset? Yeah, and what Brent was saying is spot on. I mean, I've learned so much uh, between our conversations that we've had over hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee about how things operate in the civilian world and how things operate in the military. And for the most part, there are some large differences, uh, but that's because of the environment. Obviously, you can't recreate what the military has to do in the civilian sector. But then again, there are a lot of things that, that, that are similar. There are organizations that uh, have to be very agile. But with the intrepid mindset, we, we are trying to foster and give organizations that ability to create those intrepid professionals within their organization at all levels. That's what creates profit. That's what creates an organization that is going to last. And the way we go about it is simply this. We always try to foster critical thinking. And to ask those hard questions that you may not be asking yourself or that your boss or your manager or whoever's, you know, in the, a position or whatever position you want to say, hasn't asked those questions about that particular issue, uh, whether it be decision making or conflict management, for instance. And are we reaching the end state? But you, if, unless you are trying to look at things from all aspects, if you are very focused and narrow in your thought process, you'll have a, a tendency to redo uh, things that may not be very uh, productive. And so we demonstrate uh, an issue by calling a story, you know, it might be one of my stories. It could be from Shackleton. It could be from, from Lewis and Clark or Shackleton. And we demonstrate, hey, look, these guys were the epitome of intrepid professionals and they had to overcome just insurmountable, just obstacles. Uh, and they didn't lose faith. They always looked at their situation and they started to ask themselves, you know, questions. They never uh, were uh, put the blinders on, if you will. And that's what we want people to do. I think it, the, the individuals in business today 
that have that vision, that have that very 180 degree scope when they're looking at a problem and they can ask themselves hard questions. Like Brent said, to be able to learn as a situation is happening is what we're trying to foster. And that's how we do it is by asking those hard questions and trying to get people to critically think about their issues. Chris, there's this idea, and I think a lot of people get these ideas from watching Hollywood and television that, you know, military leadership is simple. I give you an order and you and you follow it. If I tell you to take that damn hill, you take it. And I, and I worry that the translation of that idea into business. Now, there are a lot of conversations on this show about leadership and leadership development and, and you know, a growing amount of work and discussion around this idea of servant leadership, that the goal as a leader isn't to just this top-down barking orders. It's, it's to provide support and understanding and empathy with your people and your personnel and understanding who they are and, and what their aspirations are and providing them an environment by which they can do their work very effectively. I, I mean, I, I think I get it, but clarify for me how leadership lessons from a military mindset can can make make application there. Because I, I think I think what you're saying is is consistent with that idea, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and you're you're right on. You're spot on with that. It, it is employee engagement on steroids. I mean, you as a leader in the military literally have to make life and death situations. And your men, even if they're your teammates, your peers, your subordinates, even those above you, I mean, it's dangerous work. It truly is. And the guys to your right and your left, those are your family members. I mean, when a guy gets out of the military, especially a spec ops guy, and it doesn't have to be even a special force, it'd be an infantry guy or a guy, you know, that, that was a mechanic uh, or, you know, fixing helicopters. Those people that you live, eat, sleep with for days on end, months on end, they become your family. And so you want to take care of them like family. Do you have your problems? Sure you do. But in, in any organization, you're going to have problems. You're going to have disagreements, but that's okay. You know, can I still do my mission? Am I still willing to go out there and fight for his life? Yeah, because he's my family, basically. And that's what it boils down to. And I think you know, in organizations, sometimes that's lost. I mean, Brent and I had these conversations. It's a little strange for a military guy to even consider that, you know, I would join an organization and be able just to say, you know, put in my two weeks notice. You know, that, that, that's something that, that at first kind of shocked me. You know, <laughs> like this organization is going to be like my family. And, you know, that's kind of where the similarities start to separate there a little bit. But that empathy, as you said before, uh, for your, your fellow employees, whether they be above you or below you or wherever they're at, your peers, understanding, you know, that, uh, you know, John showed up late today. Well, you just can't be mad at him for that. What was the reason behind it? You know, does he got things going on at home? Do you even know that person well enough to even be able to ask him that question? Mm. And he might be a stellar performer, right? And he just had a couple of bad days and maybe he had a, a bad week. Well, you just can't condemn him and say, you know, well, he's no good anymore. I mean, that's a that's an individual that's on your team. But if you don't know that, if you don't know that individual very well, if you don't have the empathy to be able to to relate to him or just talk to him, it's the same thing in the military. You know, how do I get to my guys after a tragic event when you get ambushed? A couple of dudes get killed. I mean, you have to be able to reach down to your guys at a very personal level in the military, but. That doesn't mean that that doesn't translate to the civilian sector. And I think, 
if we as organizations start treating each other, um, and not that, that we don't, and Brent has told me, you know, there's great organizations out there, obviously. But I think that empathy, building that empathy and, and employee engagement at a very deep level with your employees, I mean, it, it, it creates better organizations. Mm, yeah. It, it just does. Yep, yep. Brent, take a minute and guide us through how this book is actually organized. Uh, I, I, you have sections like In the Mindset and you have Actionable Intelligence and Area of Impact. Walk us through how this book is actually structured. Absolutely. So what we did was we create, we tried to create a book that's different, and uh, but not so different that people will get confused on how to leverage it, right? We looked at the importance of individuals that read the book to be able to go to a specific area and say, you know what, I'm having problems with conflict negotiation or conflict management. How in the world do I go and I address these things? Well, if I go straight to that section in the uh, book and Tripper professionals, you're actually getting a full packaged solution, I should say, or a dialogue between us and our readers as to how to address those issues. And um, so overall, the book is built like that. So there's leadership, there's conflict negotiation or conflict management, there's negotiation, uh, there's culture, different areas that, uh, you know, where is your biggest pain point or what area would you like to grow your skill set? Go and focus on that specific area if you want to. Come back to the other areas at another time. Alternatively, you can open it up on page one and read all the way to page 250, you know, and, and get the full experience from the beginning to the end. Um, that being said, we've really broken up each of those chapters into those topics. And then inside each chapter, we have done this dialogue between Chris and I talking about key principles that represent the military mindset as you would use it in a business environment or a relationship environment or a team environment. And, um, and so we'll have those discussions on each one of those topics. Then whenever we break over to Chris to tell stories about what it was really like using those principles downrange or, you know, in his environment in the military, then uh, we call those in the mindset. So if you ever see an in the mindset section, that's essentially Chris's story relating everything that you talked about to something that really happened. And then as we move through the rest of the chapter, you get all the way to the end. And one of the things that we find most effective when we talk to people, and most of the time, we don't actually have time to do this in business, is reflect. You know, one of the principles that I use on my academic side is forcing my students to write journals. And it requires a massive amount of reflection. And most of us say, well, I don't equate the value of producing a journal to something that is worthy of actually carving out enough time when I have really important work to do right now. And so we don't see the value in doing it and how it relates and, and feeds to other parts of our life in the business world. But I find it very important. And so when you get to the end of the chapter, there's a section called actionable intelligence, which essentially is a word that says, what have I learned and how can I apply it? And so what we do is we ask key questions for you to go reflect on what people in your environment right now could need to be connected to. You know, what situations are you going through right now where you're unable to interpret the, the sides of a negotiation? Everything is just kind of chaotic and there's not some underlying principles at, at work here. So um, how can I decipher what that means? You know, so different questions that will help you kind of reflect on your own situation, your own, your own relationships and your situation, and then, you know, move you through to hopefully some activity that you can do uh, that will either change, correct, improve the situation that you're in. 
Well, I uh, so appreciate your comments on the importance of reflection. I, I'm reminded of the story of the Zen teacher who tells his student, you need to uh, meditate for one hour a day. And the student says, I don't have time to do that. And the teacher then says, oh, well, then you need to meditate for two hours a day. It's the same idea, right? I mean, if, if you are too busy to, to invest energy in reflection, well, then, then that's exactly the reason why you need to invest time in reflection because you're doing it wrong. That's fascinating stuff. Well, gentlemen, as I'm looking at my notes here, I only need another three hours to dive into the things that we could really get into. <laughs> I guess what might be an interesting way to close this, uh, and hopefully I'm not stretching this idea too far. I'll ask you this, Chris. Uh, there's a if you if anyone has studied military history or military strategy and, and tactics, there's this idea of the tip of the spear. And I kind of feel like what you guys are doing here is by teaching us how to be intrepid professionals, you're kind of providing that organization with their own tips of the spear. Am I, am I wrong in that assessment? No, I think you're right. And here's the deal. The tip of the spear is it's at all levels of any organization. I mean, the guy that is manning the front desk, the lady that's manning the front desk, whoever it is, they're at that tip of the spear right there. You know, the engineer that's creating a new product, you know, he's at the tip of the end of the spear right there. And so that's the whole point is that all your people, if you, if you do your homework and, and you get them on board and they're the right people, obviously there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And we do have a section on that too called evaluation and integration. Uh, but those, all your people in your organization, they're, they're at the tip of the spear for the most part. I mean, all the way down to the guy that needs to, you know, clean the bathroom or whatever, you know, if they're not doing a good job, if they're not doing it in an excellent manner with excellence, then it reflects badly upon the organization as a whole, just not the owner and not the, the manager. Uh, they will be the brunt of, of the, you know, anger from somebody, but you know, the organization, uh, everybody on a team, you know, we have to do our job uh, on an ODA. And at the same time, we also have to back each other up and know how to do tactics and, and shoot well and maneuver well and communicate with each other well. And those are all basic stuff, but we're all at the tip of the spear. If your medic doesn't, if he's not, um, you know, doing his job really well, then people are you know, going to suffer for it. But if you can't make communication, same thing. And so, you know, it's a team effort. Yeah, I love how you answer that. Uh, that we're all the tip of the spear, and that's that's a, a really really important message and a great one to, to wrap this uh, conversation. Like I said, criminal that we don't have more time. There's a lot more we could discuss. I guess uh, Brent, I'll ask you. Uh, uh, should anyone have any questions on any of this? Uh, how do they contact you, gentlemen, and where can they get their hands on a copy of Intrepid Professionals? Uh, for sure, thanks, Todd. And again, thank you for uh, allowing us time to talk to you and talk to your audience. It's been a, an honor. The best way to get a hold of us is obviously to go through our website. And if you go to uh, solidredconcepts.com, that's the overall company that actually uh, Chris and I are that um, you know go out and do our workshops and all of our seminar series. And uh, links to Intrepid Professionals are obviously there. Another easy way to do it is just to go to intrepidprofessionals.com. That'll take you right to the book content. We've got a video up there that you can watch, also some downloadable content that you can view there. Uh, you can also reach out to us, subscribe to our newsletter and everything like that from that website. Uh, we're on all social media as well, and all the links are available up on that site. So I would say that either one of those sites would be a great place to reach out to us. 
And you can get the book on Amazon as well. All right. Chris Schaefer and Brent Carter, the co-authors of the new book, Intrepid Professionals, How Principles from the Military Mindset Build Extraordinary Leaders, Teams, and Businesses. Brent, Chris, it was a pleasure to have you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Don. All right. All the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guests, Brent Carter and Chris Schaefer, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you again very soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.